Ash Rendar, investigative reporter for Intergalactic Net News. I've spent my career chasing down the heroes and legends of the Galactic Civil War. It's been 30 years since the fall of the Grand Empire of the Republic at the Battle of Jakku. Veterans and heroes of those days have been relegated to whispers and stories. The few remaining survivors rarely speak about what happened. Until now. In one of my studies of the great battles of that Star War, one name repeatedly <laughs> appeared... <laughs> on, the ro- on the rosters of rebellion fighters. He was at the Battle of Yavin, one of the major turning points of the Galactic Civil War, and the date by which we inexplicably base our entire calendar system on. He was at the Battle of Hoth, the Battle of Endor, and the Battle of Jakku. No, I'm not talking about Luke Skywalker. As we all know, behind every great Skywalker is an even better person who is actually doing the hard work to ensure their success. In the case of Luke, it appears to be his fellow combatant, Wedge Antilles. No, not the name of a salad or a captain of the Tantive IV. Wedge was a pilot who flew at the major battles, arguably more responsible for the downfall of the Empire than Luke, who, as far as we know, spent most of the Battle of Endor resolving deep-seated daddy issues. But after the Battle of Jakku, Wedge Antilles appeared as well, his name no longer appearing in the annals of history. To track him down, I spoke with some associates who knew him well. Well, his co-pilots Wiz Jensen and Hobby Killivan. It was it was our fault, really. He didn't really have a place in the Rogues anymore after he left into us for a while. Uh, Wiz might have that nice human next door charm, but I have the greatest ass in the galaxy. And Hobby here became the poster boy for Bacta. Major PR blunder if we were removed from command. Or it was the fact that Wedge was promoted after the Battle of Jakku because he lost some bet with Admiral Akbar. He really needs to stop doing that. But the new rank and responsibilities meant he couldn't fly on his own anymore. (laughs) His cockpit wasn't the only place where he was going solo, if you know what I mean. Wedge tried to keep being the model officer, but after things kind of imploded with Iella... Iella Wissery, the baddest bitch in New Republic intelligence. It was like he was off course and flying blind. For a man who's been a pilot all his life, it's tough not to know where you're going. I don't blame him for leaving. I've considered retiring myself, now that Bacta is paying the bills. Don't you fucking dare. So I tracked down this Ayala Rasiri, who by my research was a former intelligence agent for the Karelian Security Force. Ayala had long since retired and is now living peacefully on an undisclosed tropical planet. Her memory of Wedge Antilles seemed fuzzy at best. Wedge. Wedge Antilles. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. A long, long time. (sighs) Yes, Wedge and I worked together on a number of missions for the New Republic after the downfall of the Empire. Wedge was a nice man. Handsome, committed, definitely overworked. Couldn't say no to the higher-ups, and the higher-ups knew that and took advantage of it. There was definitely some chemistry between us. I'll never forget that first time Wedge asked me out. It was right about the time my presumed dead husband, Derek, was no longer presumed dead. Most awkward moment of my life. I asked Yella more about Derek, but she didn't want to talk much about him. Turns out he went on to become actually dead shortly after the incident in question. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I had to shoot him myself, actually. It was terrible. (laughs) I do imagine that, in an alternate timeline somewhere, Wedge and I did end up living happily ever after. Sometimes, I almost feel like that happy marriage, children, all of it, really did happen. It doesn't feel so much like a what-if, but like something that actually did happen in my lifetime. 
before it was wiped away and is nothing but a legend now. Does that make any sense? It didn't, but if I knew I was going to track down Wedge, I wasn't going to have any luck talking to these characters from another time. I needed to track down the woman in charge of the movement Wedge was so dedicated to. I needed to get a, get a hold of General Leia herself. Wedge? Oh, yes. I recall Wedge Antilles. In fact, I'm honestly surprised I haven't heard from Wedge. What since the news of my husband Han Solo's death has hit the hollow waves? I figured he'd be the first to reach out to me because, well... Let's just say Wedge Antilles has a type. That type was becoming clear to me, so I tracked down as many presumed widows from the Rebellion as I could. Hera Syndulla. Oh yeah, Wedge Antilles and I flew a number of missions together. But did Wedge ever ask me out? Only once. I remember it was right after the death of my space husband, Kanan. All of a sudden, Wedge seemed way more interested in me than ever before. He asked me out just as Kanan's Force Ghost appeared to me for the first time. I never saw Wedge again after that. Cyana Reap. I was captured and rotting away in a rebellion cell. Word spread that my on-again, off-again boyfriend, Thane Kyrell, had died with the Imperial Star Destroyer we were on at the Battle of Jakku. Sure enough, the first person to visit me in that cell was Wedge Antilles. We never met before, but he brought this big old bouquet of flowers. It was really weird. He barely said three words when he and then walked in Thane. The first time I'd seen him since the incident. There was the love of my life, standing before me, so much unspoken between us. Thane and I began to talk and... I honestly don't remember, but Wedge must have slipped out because I never saw him again after that. Mon Mothma. I'm a lesbian. This is a well-known fact among every Rebellion fighter. However, it was less than an hour after the news of my wife's injury and an assassination attempt on my life when there was Wedge Antilles. As he approached me, I started the conversation by letting him know, in no uncertain terms, that my wife was extremely fine and expecting a full recovery. He immediately stopped in his tracks and stared at me for a second too long, and then turned around and without a word, walked away. Arisi Darlet. Wedge was like the leader of our squadron. BT Dubs, Wedge is like super fine as fuck, and I would have totally tapped that if I wasn't required by my super secret spy mission to be flirting with the other squadron hottie, Corrin Horn. <laughs> but then, my super fake, but let's be real, totally real boyfriend, Corrin Horn, supposedly died at the hands of Isani Isard who somehow, despite my best efforts, got him fully naked and vibrating before I was able. As soon as that happened, it was like Wedge suddenly, I don't know, noticed me? All throughout the events of the Kratos Trap, which is how I refer to that time period when Corn was presumed dead, Wedge would talk to me and ask me about, like, my life and stuff. And then he finally decided to ask me out. Right at the moment Corn Horn made his dramatic entrance into the courtroom, Corn was revealing that I was a spy, so I had to skedaddle. Next time I saw Wedge, he tried to kill me. What a drama queen. Presumed widow after presumed widow. They all knew Wedge, but had not seen him in years, until I finally found her. The one presumed widow that would turn Wedge into a presumed husband. Hi, my name is Nora Wexley, and I'm married to Wedge Antilles. Now retired on a farm on Akiva... Wedge and Nora worked together on a mission for the New Republic shortly before the Battle of Jakku. That's when it all went down. We really did just have that 
fairy tale story. Man meets presumed widow. Presumed widow's presumed dead husband returns, not dead but brainwashed by evil government to attempt an assassination on the chancellor. Presumed widow tries to make it work anyways. Presumed dead husband ultimately sacrifices himself in an attempt at redemption. After an appropriate amount of time of mourning and healing, man and now confirmed widow reconnect and live happily ever after. I couldn't have asked for a more perfect story. I guess everyone has a type. Tonight on Rogue Padron, tired uncles and their space babies, the most realistic Star Wars character ever, what happened to Kare to make her settle, and old man Wedge is welcome to break some of my eggs. Like, literally? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if Wedge is just going to come over, I'll he can do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I have like nine eggs in my fridge right now, Wedge. Like, you can break as many Go to as town. you want. <laughs> just come over. Just come over. <laughs> this is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue Six, standing by. Rogue Seven, standing by. Rogue Nine, standing by. listeners welcome to season 14 mission 8 episode 120 what of rogue padron tonight we are doing our part two of resistance reborn but before that a quick reminder of your hosts if ash rogue nine was a type of soup she'd be a chili because she's a little spicy and very versatile and she <laughs> goes good with crackers and cornbread <laughs> and cornbread and I do, maybe maybe has an accent <laughs> i do make a mean vegetarian vegetarian chili so i'm fine with that yeah danny rogue six would be broccoli cheddar soup broccoli because... cheddar broccoli cheddar <laughs> broccoli <course>. cheddar <laughs> because although it's not everyone's favorite cup of soup everyone who does like it loves it very much Aww, that's true that's all very true Seth, Rogue Seven, would be minestrone because it's pretty good for you and goes well with unlimited breadsticks. Oh god, I love minestrone so much. I didn't even <laughs> it's know got, that. It's got pasta in it. It's soup. It's What's not. pasta? It's pasta soup. It's pasta soup. <laughs> it's the beast of both worlds. <laughs> How can you get better than pasta and soup? You can't. It's impossible. Hmm. And I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I'm Kongi, which is a rice porridge, because I'm generally kind of goopy and made better with a lot of toppings. Uh-huh. And if Heath was here, he would obviously be chicken noodle soup. Because <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but like Campbell's chicken noodle soup. Right. <laughs> Condensed. you got to add a can of water to it to like loosen it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely Heath. Except yep. the water is wine. <laughs> Speaking of wine, <laughs> I have a question about Star Wars. Oh boy, we're we gonna need wine for this one. Oh, 
yeah. Um, oh, God. So, if you exist on the Twitters, uh, <laughs> you have... I, I'm going to abstain from this one. Yeah. No, I, this isn't the question. This isn't the question. I'm just saying, because I feel <laughs> it's the like... the question, you, do you exist on the Twitters? <laughs> yeah, because I feel like because of the nature of the hosts on this pod, we should at least say something about it. Um, and what we're saying is Star Wars is a bunch of fucking cowards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Werner Herzog did it, it himself. Yeah, and it isn't because of Finn Poe. It's because of representation. And it's not the ship itself. It's that they're fucking cowards and refuse to do even the slightest bit of anything to give queer people representation and doing the minimum thinking that you're doing good when you're do when it's no risk to you you're not actually doing good so take a fucking risk star wars <laughs> okay should we maybe give some context for the folks that aren't extremely no on context Twitter? whatsoever oh, okay <laughs> yeah just they're cowards they're cowards that's it. That's it. I am glad they told us prior to the movie coming out because people were definitely getting their hopes up uh, and it would have been <laughs> a train wreck if they had just kept that secret the yeah. entire time. I mean, it's about 700 units of queer bait too late, but yeah. it still happened right. before the movie, so. Yeah. That's mainly what I was hoping for, that they would make it clear beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I, uh, yeah, I was not expecting Finn Poe or any sort of queer representation. And J.J. Abrams, of course, is implying that there's going to be some probably very minor, very background character. Who, I mean, you know, Joe Russo's going to show up. Yeah, it'll be I was Joe, about to say Joe Russo. <laughs> like an endgame-like thing, I guess. Yeah. But, Look, in my heart of hearts, I'm hoping that he twists it all up and Ray and Rose are girlfriends. I know that's not going to happen. That's even less likely because it's, it's two gals. But I can dream. It's really A girl can dream. It's really weird because I read an interview with John Boyega where he was talking about, this is kind of a spoiler, but not really, where he was talking about how he might have a romantic connection in this movie and Ray might have a romantic connection in this movie, but not together. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that means, but I interpreted that as, oh, maybe they'll actually have some balls and do it, but I guess not. I don't know. No, No, I never never once. They're probably going to go the safe way in which Finn will have a romantic connection with Jana because they're both black. Yep. And um, they'll keep Raylo like ambiguous. Yeah. And if there's, I mean, it just, I've I've refrained from speaking about Raylo for the most part because I don't necessarily feel like it's my place to comment on because there's so many strong feelings on both sides of the abuse question and that's just too much to dive into. But I do feel that any gloating that happens around any heterosexual ship that happens in this movie comes with the giant asterisk of of this came at the cost of potential queer rep and that is not a good look yeah it's i mean i feel like <laughs> at least he's debunked the red ribbon theory so the what that's now? something the what oh there was a the, whole theory the red, this whole like the idea of the red ribbon of fate yeah. that like connects two soulmates together and blah 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 because ray had like a red ribbon around her hand and one shot of things and like Kylo Ren is a red lightsaber that they were like the red ribbons of fate the red strings of fate connecting those two and it was meant to be and blah blah, blah. and JJ Abrams is like I don't know what that is hang on what the fuck they're, is that? Like, they're, they're destined to be together because they 
they're destined to be together because they each own a thing that is red. No, it's like yeah. the idea, the theory is that like, yeah, yeah because she's a, got the red the ribbon red around is, her hand. Yeah, it's like, like a soulmate AU. Yeah, like the red thread of fate is a traditional like Chinese belief. Yeah. Um, and oh, well, so now I believe see... it because of our, our wonderful habit of stealing from Asian cultures. Right, and, and so like you see a lot of this in like anime and fan fiction and stuff like that because it's it's a very popular concept in East Asia. Mm. Um, but it's that like there's an unseen thread connecting you. Um, and it's not... <laughs> quite as literal as they're both wearing red things on their wrists. Um, but, like, it is, again, especially with, like, yes, Kylo's mask is, like, using this theory, uh, like a Japanese theory of piecing it back together to make something broken beautiful. Um, and so it, like what Danny said, it goes along with just stealing a bunch of shit from Asia. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so JJ debunked that. But of course, I have seen many Raylos being like, we don't need fate. <laughs> and so it's fine. Um, but yeah, my question about Star Wars is, we saw a photo of, of grown-up current-time Warwick Davis getting into an Ewok costume. We did. Will uh... there, when will the Ewoks come in and what will they be doing? That's the question. <laughs> They'll come out of one of the many circles that will be opened with lots of different contingencies working out. <laughs> Great. They they will be in, like, the last space battle. Oh, my God. Well, and we'll see them for two seconds. You think, like, the Ewoks and the Bothans are going to be together? I just want to see, like, a shot. I want to see the Ewoks on the ground. Because they're on Endor, right? That was confirmed. Yeah. yeah. I just want to see Ewoks on the ground kicking the crap out of Stormtroopers. Because that's my favorite thing. I want to see the Ewoks mob um, General Hux and just take him down. Oh my, oh my god, yes. I love that image. <laughs> Rint him limb from limb. Armitage Hux was lost to the forest. <laughs> That's what it will say. It'd be a good callback to that deleted scene where Rose bit his hand. Right? Except they literally bite all of his body parts into many small pieces. Right. And like Rose gives the order. She's leading the Ewok army. Yes. Um, and so Rose is like him and they all... <laughs> mob but mob. save his hand for me <laughs> and they will they will bring him they will bring her his hand <laughs> oh is for kids <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah ewoks boo representation well yay representation yep. boo star wars at representation yeah we need to finish up our conversations about resistance reborn yeah and uh, we're going to begin What's by that? inviting guest co-hosts uh, into the spotlight to tell us a little bit about Inferno Squad, because of the four of us, you are definitely the most qualified to teach us a little bit and talk a little bit about these characters that had a pretty large role in the novel. Yeah, I was actually really surprised that Zay and Triv are in this as much as they are, because I honestly thought we would never see them again. But um, <laughs> uh, so the for context... The original Inferno Squad, this is not the original Inferno Squad, was uh, an Imperial Special Forces unit, and its members were Aiden Versio, Del Mico, uh, Gideon Haskins, Sen Marana. Uh, Sen died in the Inferno Squad book. Sorry, spoilers, I guess. Oh, and and uh, in the game, uh, it's Aiden Del and uh, Gideon Hask. 
they start off as like ride or die Imperials. They're at the end of the Battle of Endor. They're on like kill rebels in the first few missions of Battlefront 2. And then Operation Cinder happens, which is from the Shattered Empire comic book, which is basically the Empire, the, the Emperor's kind of contingency plan in case he dies. Um, and it's basically which like we see an alphabet squadron. Yes, right? it's also an yeah. Alphabet Squadron. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's the start of Alphabet Squadron, basically. Yeah. So, basically, Aiden's planet gets destroyed by Operation Cinder, and she realizes what the Empire is capable of, and her and Del uh, defect to the New Republic, and they become rebels and help people out of the Battle of Jakku and do a bunch of other stuff and hang out with Shrove Shagab a lot. So, this lineup of Inferno Squad is Zay Miko, who is Aiden Del's daughter, and mm-hmm. Shriv Shagav, who is an old friend of Aiden and Dell's and, like, a person who became a member of Inferno Squad after they defected to the New Republic. Um, and at the end of the Battlefront 2 Resurrection DLC, uh, Aiden dies, Dell dies, and Zay is the only one left with Shriv. And Leia sends... Uh, Aiden and Zay got the plans sent to the Resistance for the Dreadnought, which is the ship that Paige takes down at the beginning of the uh, oh. movie. Yeah, so they're they're the ones responsible for that one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize oh. it was so intimately connected to the movies. Yeah, it butts up right against uh, last Je- last Jedi, um, and yeah, so Leia sends them out on a mission to find her old Republic allies uh, after the end of that DLC, and that's what they're doing when we meet them in this book. Oh, so okay, we okay. know that Shriv is a. Oh, I'm forgetting the name of the species now. He is a Duros. Duros. A Duros, yeah. Um, is a human. Zay is human, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love Shriv. <laughs> I love nah, Shriv, Shriv so much. Shriv is a good character. Sh- Shriv is the reason to play or watch Battlefront 2. It's, I mean, he's so funny and good. Oh my god, I love his character so much. Have you I mean, played I've it, been... Saf? Oh yeah, yeah. I played through the whole campaign when yeah. it came out. Because um, somebody else had it. And I played <laughs> it on their thing. And then they left it in my house. So now I just own the game. Great. Yeah. There you go. Um lost my spot okay so basically the book opens up with zay and shriv calling leia to give them kind of give her kind of an update about what's going on and you find out that um leia is kind of disappointed that it's not somebody more substantial because the resistance needs leaders right now not just good fighters and zay tells leia that they're going to track down some of her uh old imperial contact her mother's old imperial contacts who have no love for the first order and leia kind of asks what happened to the list of resistance allies that she gave her and zay tells her that they're all gone which kind of leads into something that happens later in the book um and leia has kind of this thought that she's hesitant to work with these ex-imperials but then she remembers that aiden versio zay's mom uh proved that some of the fiercest rebel fighters out there had once been on the other side and she shouldn't hold anyone's past against them which i thought was a really nice Moment, nice nod to Aiden Versio, who turned out to be, like, super important towards the end of uh, Jakku and all that stuff happening. Yeah, so uh, did, she, did Leia and Aiden have a relationship of some sort in the game, or is it just meant to imply that after the events of the game, they came they to know each, each other? They meet each other in the game, right? Kind of, yeah. So they meet at Naboo, where, like, the Shattered Empire comic events happen, and Leia is the one that's basically, like, you can stay, it's cool. <laughs> in the New Republic, because Aiden basically tells her, she's like, hey, we did terrible things, and it took us a long time to realize we were fighting for the wrong side, and Leia's like, it's people like you that are the reason that this is going to work. You know, you give us hope for everybody else, and that was, like, a really great moment. And then Leia, later in the game, sends Aiden and Del to go find Han Solo, 
because uh, he's off doing God knows what. Yeah. <laughs> Han Solo things. Yeah, whatever Han does. <laughs> <laughs> I think Shriv it's... Is... Sorry, oh, go sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I think it's so interesting how Operation Cinder was, like, that plot was begun in the Shattered Empire comic, which came out, like, before TFA. Like, that was five, yeah. four or five years ago at this point. And yeah, that Operation has... Cinder has been a long con kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. been, like, that has been a really significant, like plot point through a lot of this ancillary material which i mean just that's kinda... why i personally think that operation center has something to do with why palpatine is still alive i imagine this, yeah. there's got to be some yeah i'm pretty sure there. i gave that theory during our alphabet squadron um things because yeah. i was like pretty sure he's killing these people so he can like destroy these planets in totally pointless ways so he can absorb all like the bad energy from that or some shit yuck yeah because it's only a few a few a few planets too it's not like everybody it's yeah not, and like, it's not like all... important planets as well they're not like planets that had, like, any good reason to be destroyed. They just destroyed planets. Right, or, like, even out of revenge, right? Because it's not yeah, like... Yeah, like, Necronus had, like, like, no reason to Mon be destroyed. Mon or Kashyyyk or something like that. It's and not it's like al- they're sympathizers. And it's also, like, at least in the case of Vardos and Naboo, it's, like, heavily Imperial planets. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah. So there's probably a reason. Wait, did um, Naboo fully get cindered? No, it didn't. They stopped okay. it. Yeah, I, I, was, I thought so, but I wasn't totally sure. Man, Palpatine destroying his own planet. I think Vardos is the only one that got fully cindered. Necronus did as well, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a minute since I've read... That's an Alphabet Squadron, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, yeah. I've read that like three times now. <laughs> oh, surprise. What um, a shock. <laughs> Shriv is also very Shriv in this scene, even though he's not even in it. Zay's like, Shriv tells... Shriv is telling you to trust us. It'll be fine. Which is a very Shriv thing, being just kind of an insufferable asshole, but in, like, a charming way. Um, oh, my favorite. <laughs> and then Zay and Shriv kind of disappear for a minute, and they don't come back until everybody meets up on Ryloth. And uh, Zay basically tells Leia that the majority of the people that she told them to find are either dead or missing. Uh, but they do find somebody, and that's General Riken. Uh, so that's something, I guess. How... I'm- the fuck is he so <laughs> <laughs> That was my this first thought. I'm like, wait. Run and kick in, I guess. <laughs> like, wait a second. How old was he in Empire? Um, did he just go white? Like, not white, but like, did he just like prematurely white? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's actually a, the the salt and pepper is a hair dye job. <laughs> oh, okay. He just wanted to look like he, he was. He wanted to look distinguished. Yeah, he wanted to like he wanted people to respect him, so he did that. Jesus. Um, I like seeing Riken just because I'm a big old nerd, but I I did question how Unlike the hell the rest of us. I... No, yeah. I. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, she's the biggest caring nerd of us all. <laughs> Plot twist. And then um, the next thing, the next like monumental moment with Zay is my favorite moment in the book. Uh, Poe is giving his big speech. Basically, everybody comes together and nobody likes each other and they're fighting each other because there's like ex-imperials and there's all these other people from very different walks of life. And Poe gives this speech about that, like, they all made terrible decisions and but now they have a chance to save the galaxy and ch- and change themselves and they need to, they need to like every day they need to make a choice and then he kind of loses his words and he can't figure out what to say next and Zay goes a choice to be better which is from Battlefront 2 um Del Miko her dad who was in the Empire at this time goes to a planet called Pilio to destroy something of the Emperor's it's the Emperor's Observatory 
And while he's there, he meets Luke Skywalker, who's also there to try to get, like, Jedi artifacts. Ugh. Okay, one other reason to write, um, to play or watch uh, this game is because the stuff with Luke Skywalker is so good. And him it's and so Del good. meeting is, like, this is some of the best written ancillary Luke in existence. Yeah, it's so it's, good. It's amazing. And basically, Del and Luke have this little life-changing road trip together. And at the end, Luke basically tells Del, there's still conflict in you. And, and Dell's like, well, what, what am I supposed to do? Should I, I, are we just supposed to, you know, never see each other again? I don't think I can. And Luke's like, I know there's still conflict in you. And he says, but, uh, and Luke says, you have a choice. And Dell's like, a choice, the Republic. And Luke says, no, a choice to be better. And it was a thing that got basically Dell to defect pretty much. It was the, it was the catalyst in Dell's kind of character arc. So the fact that they brought that back was amazing. Uh, I cried like a little baby. Uh, I <laughs> love that part of the book. <laughs> and I love that Zay, like, Del kept that story alive through Zay. And now Zay can keep that story alive. You know, and I could just, like, imagine a conversation with Zay and Ray about Luke. About, you know, Zay mentioning that one time that Luke Skywalker changed her dad's life. And I just love that. Oh, I don't know. Zay and Ray. <laughs> Zay and Ray. Zay and Ray. You know, if I had known uh, that this that these guys were in this book as much as they are, I might have picked it up a lot sooner. <laughs> um, I mean, either way, it sounds like uh, Rebecca Ronas really did her homework. Yeah, I mean, um, that's... On, on these characters especially. Yeah, there's so there's so many like that in particular was something they didn't have to do, and it's like it's a really important part of Battlefront too, but not a lot of other like it's not mentioned really anywhere else or anything like that. Neither mm -hmm. are these characters. And I just love that because it would be very important to the character's journey. And the fact that it comes up, is, I love I love this book so much. <laughs> um, and on that same page, Zay and Poe reminisce about their badass pilot moms, which is awesome. Because uh, Poe's mom was Shara Bay, who was an A-wing pilot for the Rebellion. And Aiden Versio was like one of the best pilots in the Empire. She was actually the only person besides Vader to survive the Death Star. And, oh, and yeah, they totally had a lesbian fling on the side. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, Aiden and oh, Aiden okay. and Shara. I was <laughs> like Aiden and Vader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Natalie no Portman Vader. No lesbian Darth Vader. No lesbian Darth Vader. <laughs> um, Saf, do your lesbian voice, I'm but this sorry. time it's Darth Vader. <laughs> Wait, I can't remember. I did it. I'm Darth Vader, a lesbian. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, and then when everybody gets their missions to go out and do whatever it is they're doing, Zay and Shriv, of course, get sent on the same mission. They go pick up the, the ships from the junkyard. And there is a great moment between Zay and Shriv where Zay, or sorry, Shriv is basically thinking to himself, he's like, man, I don't know why I brought Zay on this mission. And then he is like, he remembers, he's like, we're Inferno Squad. We have to stick together. And, and he goes, also because I'm her uncle and I have to, and I have to look out for her. Like, I have a job. And I love that. I love that, you know, Shriv kind of, both of her parents are dead and Shriv has kind of taken over that like crazy uncle role. <laughs> um, he was meant for it. He really he was. He was meant for it. He was meant to be an uncle. Shriv just radiates uncle energy. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the other crew members, Pacer, who's kind of a dick, is uh, kind of annoyed that Zay is navigating and accuses Shriv of playing favorites. And basically, Shriv tells him to shut the fuck up. Like, know your chain of command. <laughs> like, I'm sure he's like, I'm sure they taught you that in the academy. Yeah, um, 
And then Zay, Zay and Shriv have this conversation about that the Pacer acts the way that he does because he's a space baby. And the quote is, kids born off planet in space stations are on board ships with nothing to keep their minds on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and then Zay points out that she's a space baby because she was born aboard her parents' ship, the Corvus. And Shriv gives her shit like a good um- uncle should. <laughs> he's like, yes, yeah, space baby. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that explains a lot, actually. <laughs> um... And then basically the rest of the book, they arrive on the junkyard planet and there's another great moment between Shriv and Zay where Shriv is like, Zay, stay on the ship. And um, Zay is like, if you're trying to do, like, we've been through too much together for you to try to like keep me off this mission to protect me. And he's like, no, you idiot. You're you're the only one I trust. You're like our last line of defense to get the hell out of here when we need to. Uh, and I like that a lot because it felt very in character with Shriv. And then... <laughs> I really gave up on the end of these notes. I wrote, Shriv falls and almost dies, but he doesn't, and they get the spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> there you go. That's Inferno Squad in this And book. it is because they left Zay behind, and Zay could come in and save the day. Yeah. No, yeah. I love that. I love these characters so much, and I never thought I'd see them again. And the fact that they're in this book, and they feature in this book so prominently, is amazing. Makes me very happy. Yeah, like, I don't know anything about them um because like i don't play video games um because i'm really bad at them and then watching the ewok level really upset me um because like the ewoks are in danger but like whatever (laughs) Um, but i really like them and i care about them now (laughs) i'm like oh no i didn't need to start caring about things again but i do i do care one of our great Patrons and listeners, Ben Warman actually recorded a Battlefront walkthrough back this summer. Yes, um, yes. And I have it bookmarked, and I keep meaning to watch it one of these days, but I, I can't wait to do that. Um, and I can't think of a, a better person to guide us through than, than Ben. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. it'll be very... Um, include his soothing soothing voice uh, throughout. Yes. I hope it does anyways. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's, it's actually really good. It's really good. I've, I've watched him live stream like Stardew Valley and it's so soothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice. Maybe I'll maybe I'll link those in the show notes for folks. Yeah. Alright, so that was the Inferno Squad team. Thank you, Ash. Um so we have two more contingents of characters to talk about from this book. There are just so many different factions happening. Um the next group up is the First Order. In this book we met Winshire Brat. Yep. He was a character in this book. <laughs> yeah was he is the most realistic character Star Wars has ever had. Okay, go on. Because, like, you know that guy. (laughs) You've worked with this fucking guy. You've been on a terrible date with this guy. Like, who's just so caught up in, like, his image and, like, how he's supposed to be great even though he's very, very mediocre. And, like, ugh. Everyone around him thinks that he's just the bee's knees and he can do no wrong. He is definitely like, like, I I worked in government for like a little bit for like for a hot second, and he's I've definitely met a few Winsor Bretts. That was a pretty accurate portrayal. Ugh, like someone who just is so self-important, and it's like no. You're really not, though. Many lawyers are like this. I worked in law for a very long time. <laughs> many lawyers, many professors 
are like that. Um, ugh, he's so realistic, and it every time it went back to one of his chapters, and especially when he like lost it um, toward the end, and he just gave into violence. <laughs> like yeah. I was like, oh, this is this is what happens though, especially as you you go. Th- as you're following him and seeing what's in his mind and how he convinces himself he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And that, like, she deserved that beating. And it's like, what? (laughs) It was really uncomfortable to read at that point. Because, like, there's literally nothing Yama could have done to deserve (laughs) any kind of violence toward her. (laughs) But, like, he justifies it. He completely makes up all of this like sit rewrites the situation to make it totally legitimate and that like it's fine if he might have killed her and it's like what the fuck (laughs) but like you see that all of the time you see all these things about like men killing women who rejected them or like didn't respond to their cat calling so they beat them up and it's like how how and it's because of people like this yeah, the, giving giving Winsher the name Winsher Brat was really on the nose for this, wasn't it? <laughs> Truly. Um, does anyone else have anything else to say about the First Order characters? I hope Yama's gonna do okay. Yeah, so Yama ended up getting recruited for the and joining up with the Resistance, right? I kind yeah. of love that she, the Warlord has took her under her arm. Yeah. The warlord's like you're my daughter now for some reason. <laughs> and when and when Taysa the warlord says that you're her daughter now, there's no other option. Correct. Yeah. Like, all right. I guess like, I'm oh, with yeah, her. I guess I'm with her now. <laughs> nope. There's nothing I can do. All right. Well, then let's get to the main event today, because after, uh, well, when when did the Return of the Jedi come out? I'm sure there was some fanboy who was there in the theater who could tell me. Uh, like the eighty eighty nineteen eighty four. Three. Three. It's 83. So I was so close. I was so close. Since 1983, we've been wondering what happened to Wedge Antilles next. And for a while there, we knew and we were told, but then Disney uh, erased those books from existence. And so we returned to what happened to Wedge Antilles. And tonight, we find out that Wedge is currently sticking his head in a Hapabor's mouth in Mira, the capital city of Akiva. Of course, it's just a metaphor because it was very hot on the farm. <laughs> and uh, we catch up with him on a farm, on Akiva, uh, which is the planet where the events of the first Aftermath book take place, and also the hometown of his now wife, Nora Wexley. <laughs> Let's talk about Nora she, Wexley. She's fine. <laughs> Seth, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are that fiction loves to glorify uh, parents doing awful, atrocious things to their children because they love their children. And what Nora Wexley does in the first Aftermath book, like this is nothing to do with her characters later on, but the first Aftermath book I have a particular problem with because she's like, this is my son. He doesn't want to come with me and he's happy here where he is, but he's my son. So I'm going to kidnap him and take him with me. And so what she does is she kidnaps him and he does not want to go with her like at all. Uh, But she doesn't care because she's his mom. And the entire book is basically her just being like, I can do whatever I want with you or to you because I'm your mom and I love you and you have to love me too. Um, And I particularly have a problem with this because I was kidnapped by a parent who was like, well, I love you and I can, and if you don't want to be with me, I can still 
make that happen because you're my child and I love you. Uh, and so whenever fiction does that, and usually it's fathers doing it in fiction, so it was a bit of a shock to see Nora doing it. Uh, I don't love it because it's a really bad trope. And I honestly hate Chuck Wendig for making that happen in a Star Wars book with a Star Wars mother who's a main character in a Star Wars thing because we don't get those. Um, so yeah, don't love I her think, character. I think I had completely blocked all that out. Yeah, <laughs> most people have. I swear. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much other gestures vaguely about the Aftermath books that, like, that particular plot point always gets forgotten. Yeah, which is, like, my big issue with it as well is because everyone's like, oh, that never happened. None of that ever happened. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There was, there was bad stuff in that book. Let's not forget that. I mean, she was always kind of an insufferable protagonist, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, like, she, she was. was real bad in Empire's End. Oh, my God. Don't even remind me. I try not to think about those books, honestly. <laughs> um, All right. Oh, go ahead, Meg. Yeah. So I've only read Aftermath, and that took me like four years. So I'm not going to read the other two. Um, but like having only read that one and then reading this, she's just like super one dimensional. And so I just get like tired of like reading stuff about her really quick. Because it's, like, it's just not surprising ever. Or it's not, like, in-depth ever. And so I'm just kind of like, eh. Yeah. Bora- I would yeah. mostly blame Wendig for that. Yeah, Bora Wexley is correct. Nor- Show notes. Nora Wexley, while, like, ostensibly the main protagonist of the Aftermath books, is the least interesting one. Oh, easily the worst character. Yeah, the only good like- thing about her was... <laughs> The, was Wedge deciding he wanted to ask her out when her husband came back to life. Um, that was very funny. Not because of her, but just because, oh, Because buddy. it's Wedge. Because it's buddy. Wedge being yeah. like, oh, is this a widow? And <laughs> just being that meme. Yeah, it's very interesting that, you know, when you put a character that we love dearly and who we think is great and a character who's just, like, so one-dimensional and... and uh... I'm I'm rooting for her only because Wedge seems to care about her. Yeah, I don't want Wedge to be hurt. Yeah. Though to though to be fair, that was never explained. Like they just kind of had some kind of an attraction that was hinted at at life in life debt, and oh. then her husband came back, and Look. then they almost then they almost kissed, and then wait, Nora was like, "I'm married." That's I- it. And then at the end of the book. There, Nora's like, I'm gonna grieve my husband a little bit more, but I, I know it's nice to know that Wedge is there, pretty Wait. much. And he was Wait. like trying to act like Snap's stepdad, despite not being his stepdad. Yeah, because Wedge is a good guy. <laughs> I mean, Wedge is just like, I haven't trained any pilots in a while. I miss Poe. No, he doesn't know Poe yet, but he's just like, what? <laughs> so Wedge is just a good dude. As we learned at the beginning of this episode. Wedge is a very particular type, and <laughs> and I think that part of it was just he was he was getting tired because it's yeah. really tough to be specifically into presumed widows whose husbands right. come back to life. So like I'm... when one of those husbands then went and died a second time, he sh- sh- shook shook shot his shot 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 a shot shot a shot. Yeah, that's yeah. the words I'm trying to say. Yep, those are words. Though to be though to be fair, in aftermath, I think it's Nora that kisses him. When her husband is back. Oh, salty. Yeah, that does like, seem right. Because they, like, hang out after that happens, and she kind of complains about the whole thing, and then kisses him, and then goes, Wedge, what are you doing? <laughs> wait! <laughs> wait! Wait! What the fuck? I might be remembering this incorrectly, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. 
That oh, sounds right. I do not like her. I am not a fan. Welcome to the club. Like, oh my god. I retract my previous just, statement about her being be fine. Just be proud of it. Just be proud that you got to kiss Wedge Antilles. Oh my god. Don't be like, what just happened? Why did you do that? Like, Wedge? Yeah, I mean, getting to kiss Wedge Antilles is a badge of honor because it probably means that your presumed dead husband is now back alive. Yeah, like that's great news, yeah, right? Excellent news. <laughs> when should just spend his life going around and kissing presumed widows? Yeah, then your husband be such a service come... to the community. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Uh, great. It was really hard writing that skit not to make him out to be a total creep. <laughs> he just has it. He has a type. Who among us? Who among All right. us? All right. So that's our piece <laughs> about Nora. She she'll continue to be around, and it's fine. Um, Nora and Wedge have really gossipy neighbors, which kind of sucks. But on the plus side, they have kitties and their eggs, so that's nice. They're they're sea foam green eggs. Sea foam green eggs. Yes, that, this is our eggs reference from the book. Thank you, books. Thank you, Star Wars canon, for knowing what's important and yep. its eggs. So Wedge is out collecting the eggs that morning and notices a couple of X wings straight up parked in the middle of a field. And he says, gee, I hope no one notices those two X-Wings that are suddenly parked on our field. Oh, boy. Uh, and the two X-Wings belong to Wedge's stepson, Snap, a.k.a. Greg Grumberg, and Snap's wife, Kari Kuhn, who inexplicably has decided to uh, be with Greg Grumberg because apparently <laughs> it's a Wexley family tradition to marry way, 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 way up. Yeah, seriously. I just... How? How? <laughs> this... Listen, it's a war. She probably had to settle. It's okay. <laughs> He's there. Like, is it just like the Harry Potter thing of, like, Hermione getting with Ron because they've trumped, like, because they have shared trauma and, like, they're both around? Like... <laughs> probably. Yes. Yeah. I just, I don't, man, like, Kari Kun's so cool. <laughs> and so that's why I don't understand. She has yeah. dark skin and blonde hair. She's cool. Just Papa so cool. was right there. Right. And Just Papa has a new girlfriend. So, like, I get it. But, but like, I just That's, I don't. Also, that... I hate Snap. So. <laughs> I hate, I hate. Yeah. If you were looking for Wexley fans, this is the wrong podcast. This is the wrong podcast. All right, so there's some family drama between Nora and Snap. They bicker because Nora doesn't call Snap Snap, and Snap is like, my name is Snap. I don't care. It's See, a thing. Look at her. She doesn't give a shit about her kids' wishes. Still, no, she does not. After all these years. She does not. Do I, I don't know. I mean, my dad does not call me Ash, which is not my given name. I, I can't believe I'm defending Nora Wexley right now. I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> look, I hate it when my when my dad does not call me by Seth, which is my chosen name. I mean, oh, no. Yeah, I think I there's something I to be said it. for like the value of a chosen name. Yeah, like Parents not respecting chosen names is another thing that that grinds my gears. Yeah, like there's a difference between like most people know me as Meg, but like my dad still calls me Megan. But like I'm not opposed to being called Megan. Like I've never been like, no, you need to call me Meg. And so but like he obviously like says to her like no call me snap and she's like mm, nah and I'm like mm, girl. <laughs> Especially yeah. now, because you're all adults. Like, this isn't the kid that you picked up off the street. So, like, 
<laughs> All right. Enough Wexley talk. Let's get yeah. to the important stuff. Wait, I have one more thing to complain about. Okay, go ahead. This is just in general, but we finally have a motherfucking fat person in Star Wars, and it's Greg Grunberg. <laughs> and I'm pissed. <laughs> what? Like, this is one of those fucking cursed monkey paws where, like, you make a wish and the, the one finger curls. Right. This was I was like, I would like a hero who's fat, and they never bring up the fat that the fact that they're overweight. And they're like, okay, Greg Grunberg. And I'm like, no! <laughs> it was not what I asked for. I mean, it was, but that's not what I wanted. It was, but this is not what I wanted. <laughs> Can I return this, please? <laughs> right. <laughs> Can I? I'd rather just have none. Thank you. <laughs> I want I want Greg Grumberg to be the re- Lucasfilm's response to anyone like requesting rep for a specific group of people now. <laughs> right, watch. Like queer, queer up. Yep, Snap is in love with Claude. Queer up. It's like what? What? <laughs> no, yeah, take, it like, back, take it oh, back. Take it back. Snap had a phase. It was with Claude. Like, no, 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 That's what we wanted. Flash, flashback to like snap in a college dorm room with Claude. <laughs> right, like that's why in that photo Claude looks so upset. It's because he's like, I haven't seen you since we about twenty marriage. years ago. I can't yeah. forget that fucking Claude exists. I just <laughs> saying, whenever someone mentions Claude, I'm like, why is this something that's happening to us? <laughs> <laughs> what did we do to deserve Claude? <laughs> I'm actually so excited for Claude. <laughs> I, am I am too, but I'm also distressed by his existence. I, my number one prediction for Tross is still that Claude is going to eat Greg Grumberg, and that's going to make it all okay. I, can't, I really hope so. I really, And it's going to be out of revenge, because the last time he saw Greg Grumberg, he had promised to love him forever, and he would come back for him, yep. and then he never came back for him, and now he's married, and so he's like, guess what, gonna eat you. Guess what, this is this is what my culture does when you do this, to, when you <laughs> tell us you love us, and then leave, and Spirit never come back. We, we have to eat you, that's just the rules. It. Yeah. That's just how it works, and Snap's like, well, I am the diverse character of this so i must respect your tradition so okay you can eat me and we're like i can't believe our fat queer character <laughs> just got eaten this is erasure yeah like i can't tell if i'm upset or not about <laughs> like thank you abrams but also why abrams also, i hate you <laughs> like why are you doing this to us I hate all of this <laughs> And like the interview, the last thing we see of Abrams before like the movie comes out, he's gonna be like, he's just gonna like wave a monkey paw at the camera, and all three, all three fingers are curled in, oh, and we're just gonna be like, <laughs> I don't know, but it's gonna be bad, whatever it is. Be bad. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Okay, that's all right. I'm so sorry. let's get sad. Oh great. Snap Wexley tells Wedge and Nora about the events of the Last Jedi. And Wedge's first question is, what? <laughs> no, no, that's not correct. They had a force bond? How does that even make sense? But after they cleared up all the intricacies of Rey and Kylo's force bond, Wedge's question was, Akbar's dead? Oh. Uh, I, I, it meant a lot to me that Wedge specifically asked about Akbar. Yeah. Because, like, you don't... Because of, like, the X-Wing books and all of that is now Legends, you don't know that they ever had a rapport, right? Like, you knew that 
he flew under Akbar, but that's when Akbar was leading the entire fleet. And not necessarily because they had any kind of like really personal relationship. But like the fact that like the first thing Wedge asks is about Akbar and they actually like write Wedge being like, I I never thought that he would die. Um like I mean, neither did right. any of us. That's just not a thing yeah. Akbar does. Right. Yeah, and he's but fine. It, it shows you the esteem that like Wedge held Akbar in and like how much he did mean, at least as a commanding officer to him. It this book is full of things like you know, like the Inferno Squad, a choice to be better thing, and and Wedge asking about Akbar, and so many little things where I was like, you didn't have to do that, but I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. You know, because exactly. like as somebody who loves the X Men books, it's it was really nice to see Wedge get a chance to mourn Akbar in a way yeah. that no other character really has gotten a chance to do yet in canon. Because right. it was just like, I mean, in the movie, it was like, and Akbar's dead, goodbye. You know. Right, and, like, no other character that we would expect to have that reaction. But it's like, holy shit, it's Akbar. And it's like, oh, Wedge, I know you would go out in your wave skimmer together. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that, Rebecca. It means a lot to us. <laughs> Wedge also is processing the death of Luke Skywalker. And particularly when he hears that Luke has died, he basically is like, well, pack it in. That's it for the resistance. We done. There's no hope now. Ooh, wedge. Yeah. That's a mood. Yeah. But after some processing time and hearing out Snap and Kare, um, Wedge does eventually decide to head back and join up with the resistance. He brings his boring wife with him. And uh, on the way, we learn that Wedge thinks Poe has nice hair. <laughs> so that's nice. Um, as they're leaving, there's this whole kerfluffle... Uh, because guess what? Those X-Wings that you surreptitiously parked in the middle of your cornfield got noticed by the nosy neighbors, and the First Order comes, and basically they have to kill some First Order officers, which means that they're not going back to that farm when this is all over, which leaves the really sad question of who's going to take care of the Kiddies? They should have just brought them with. Oh, that would have been really nice. Can you imagine a bunch of Kiddies running around the Resistance base? Oh, they so can good. hang out with the porg that's on the falcon. It would improve morale. Yes. It would. Yes. And also eggs. Therapy kitties. Um, but yeah, Wedge loved them so much. Wedge loved his kitties. Uh, Star Wedge... Wars is about loss. Star Wars is about loss. Wedge loved his like life, which makes it so sad that yeah. he couldn't. He yeah, just he couldn't was have really it. content, wasn't he? Yeah, but it was a very Wedge Antilles thing, I feel. You know, yeah. like... He loved his life, but he couldn't keep it that way because that's not who he really is. He had to go back. As soon as the rebellion comes a calling, Wedge Antilles gonna be there. Yeah, just like fucking Elder Kraken calling him out. <sighs> anyway, I it made me really sad when he was talking to Nora and she thought he was joking about like grandchildren and all of that and he was just like "Ah, wasn't a joke (laughs) wasn't a joke it made me it just (sighs) i hope wedge gets to be a grandpa i hope i hope wedge gets whatever he wants in life yeah a hundred kitties two grandkids maybe his kitties will have baby kitties and he can be a grandpa to the kitties he won't because he's going to keep eating them eggs. Oh. No. Wedge. Well, I Wedge, mean, you are the artist wait. of your own demise, Wedge. <laughs> oh, no. 
Uh, okay, so basically their role in this uh, in the second half of the book is is that the family unit goes together along with Taze of the Warlord, who just like hops along with them, who must feel like a really awkward fifth wheel. Well, if it was anyone else, you'd feel like an awkward fifth wheel, but Taze is just like, whatevs, I'm a warlord. Right. <laughs> so, so they'll go off to Corellia, and they rescue Ransom Castrofil from prison, and they do that. They also kill Brat, thank goodness, and oh. um, take uh, What's-Her-Face under their wing, Yama under their wing as they go it's all very good yama means mountain in japanese (laughs) well i got thank you meg you're welcome um so at the end of the book like where are they gonna go from here wedge and nora decide to leave the main resistance because they think they'll do much more good kind of being out among the margins uh the quote is we're pilots not generals which i didn't fully understand because there's pilots everywhere so what is wedge getting at here what Listen, Wedge, J Antilles, the J stands for general. Like <laughs> The resistance does need pilots. Also, where do they think generals come from? Right. And like, well, Wedge... when two generals love each other very much. <laughs> I think, ugh, I don't know. I think Wedge would have stayed if he wasn't with Nora. I yeah, I think you're right. This is clearly this is clearly uh, don't get mad if he's not in the Rise of Skywalker, but he might be in the Rise of Skywalker kind of thing. Yeah, right, I kind right. of feel like the reason that Wedge decided to go be out amongst the margins is because Dennis Lawson did not come film Star Wars Episode Nine. I mean, I totally think Wedge is in Nine, for the record. But well, we'll, I, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, so that's their ending. Of course, Snap has a sad that his parents are leaving because he reconnected or whatever, but he's going to stick around with the main resistance so that we can get our obligatory Greg Grumberg cameo in The Rise of Skywalker. And that is Resistance Reborn. It was a good book. Love this book. It was. So there's a lot of questions about, you know, what this, what we can, uh, what, let's like squeeze all the possible speculation out of this book that we can. (laughs) So, so based off what we read in the book, what do we think that uh, the state of the resistance will be, you know, about a year later in The Rise of Skywalker based off of what we saw here? Bitter than it was at the end of The Last Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, I think everybody who went off on their, like, separate missions are going to have, like, end up with, like, a group, their own little, like, group of ships or group of fighters or whatever. And then they'll all come together at the end, probably in that, like, scene that we've seen where it's just a a bunch of rando ships together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. They had to scatter that way we can have the epic reunion at the end of the movie. Right. Which is absolutely endgame. So, like, JJ, fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be really surprised if it's not, honestly, at this point. Yeah. You know, but it's probably still going to get me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm absolutely. Cry. I'm absolutely. Oh, yeah, I see it cry. coming. Absolutely. And I know I'm going to lose my yeah, absolute shit in the cinema when it happens. I'm going to, like. <laughs> be sobbing everywhere. I'm going to be a total mess. Oh my god. But especially for like those of us who have spent the last four years running a Star Wars book club podcast because it seems like they're going to be bringing in all these different factions and like the video games will be there and the the TV shows will be there and and they're going to throw all those in there too. So, I mean like the minute I saw the ghost in the trailer, I burst into tears, so I have no idea what's Oh, yeah, same. Happen. It was like the first <laughs> thing I saw in the morning, and I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's like, surprise, we're all, like, we're all gonna fall for it. We're, we are all absolutely gonna fall for it, because either you're emotionally connected to the people, or you're emotionally connected to the ships, and... <laughs> 
like it's gonna happen that's exactly what's gonna happen because like i'm gonna see it with for for the first time with dinner leader and i'm just gonna be like crying because i know wedge is in one of those ships and he's gonna be crying because like there's a corvette and i'm like okay that's fine (laughs) (laughs) it'd be like that (laughs) so besides ray rose finn poe leia who what other characters from this book do we think will be appearing in nine or at least alluded to or like cameo like who do you think is gonna so so let's talk about wedge first like do we think that wedge is gonna show up in this i hope yes i think he might i think like the briefest cameo of like seeing him in a in a ship yeah i think there's no reason to put him in a book unless you were gonna do that right but what if it's service to everyone who wants to know where wedge is because he well, yeah, but like generally speaking, the percentage of people who care about Wedge Antilles is smaller than like your general movie going public. So you release yeah. a book to reacquaint him with the audience and get people familiar with him. Yeah, and that's put fair. The movie. Especially because like Dennis Lawson has seemed like he is he he's not opposed to being in a Star Wars now, um, yeah. unlike previously. So it feels like it's a little more likely for it to have happened. Yeah. And especially because this book is part of like the journey to the rise of Skywalker. So I, I think it I, it holds a little bit more of a foreshadowing feel to me. Um, I also really hope that Inferno Squad is in it, obviously. But it's it'd be theoretically easy to do because it was an actual actual actor who played Zay. They just didn't Oh really my god. Having Zay in there would be so cool. Having just, mm, just having a connection trip, to a video trip, game. Trip, just trip, her saying trip. just her in a ship. Or Shriv in a ship saying Inferno Squad standing by or something. Oh my god, Shriv would be amazing. That would be like the Duros I would cheer for on screen. <laughs> yeah, if I saw Shriv no, on screen. No I would other Duros. <laughs> I don't care. Who 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 are the other Duros? We don't know, but Shriv is the best. Is there a single other name Duros that any of us care about? No. No. Exactly. Cad Bane? No. Oh, fuck, I forgot about Cad no. Bane. I, <laughs> I was like, like there, are no no. Other, there are no other important jurors that we've ever heard of in the history of Star Wars. And you're like, Cad Bane. I'm like, shit. <laughs> I mean, I forgot Star Wars. Wasn't there one in the Poe Dameron comic too? Yeah. yeah. And Shattered uh, Empire? Yeah. yeah. Nobody cares about name? comics though, Danny. I- right. <laughs> I know I have like, we have like a bunch of followers who care about comics. <laughs> yeah. I was you about to be like, send your comics to at Wanderlustin. Oh, please do send your comics to me. Then I would actually read them. I said comments, but sure. Oh, comments. I'll send your comics to me, too. If you're going to send a comment, also send a comic. Yeah, if you want to comment on this, send me a comic, too. But I meant it when I said I care about no other Duros. <laughs> I mean, same. It's yeah. true. Cad Bane is cool, but I don't care about him. No. Who cares care. about Cad Bane? All right. I just like his hat. About Cad Bane. So yeah. of, the, of the main sequel trilogy crew... Whose character journey are you most excited to see in Nine based off of where the book left them? And do you think that the movie is going to kind of follow the threads that were laid in the book? Or are they going to be at a different point by the time we get to the movie? You know, funnily enough, I'm excited to see where Rey goes off of this book. Even though she's not in it very much, the characterization was a really interesting direction that I didn't think it would go in. Like her being this very hopeful person Mm -hmm. that like believes in the resistance. And I'm kind of curious to see where that goes. And she seems so, like, so much quieter than in the movies. And, like, that's a really interesting direction for her. It is interesting. Yeah, because we haven't really ever, you know, we've not seen her at a resistance base ever, right? In the movies. We saw her, we've only seen her kind of, like, in these one-on-one situations with people. And she is really kind of, um, loud isn't the right word, but she she definitely has, like, a strong presence 
Um, and she's like persistent, always, maybe. Yeah, and she's like always in motion. She's always doing yeah. the next thing, right? Wait, but who like, are we talking about? Ray. 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 Okay, I thought so, but I had tuned out when you used the name, so I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> but like before I this, say something really stupid, she's like very stationary. She's like with Leia. She's. Um, she's not always acting and like moving on to the next thing. She's actually taking the time to understand what's going on like now. Yeah. Mm. She kind of reminds me of Obi-Wan in a weird mm-hmm. way. Yeah. The thing he's saying about her reminds me of that. Well, maybe she is Obi-Wan's daughter. She she's is. Obi-Wan's Remember? clone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the clone we didn't expect. Okay. And with that. <laughs> I'm going to say accent. What'd you I'm say, Meg? Excited for Finn. Oh, yeah. Finn, 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 Finn. I think. Do you think we'll see Finn tying a tie on his own in oh, the Rise God, of Skywalker? I hope so. That's his arc. That's his <laughs> You know what? Worth it. Like, I'm so okay. I don't want to talk about it. And I'm gonna be upset again. Because, <laughs> like, what if he ties post tie instead? Okay, we're done. We're done with this. <laughs> but I'm just always excited about Finn, and it was just so great. I think he was just such a fun character in this book and like i think he's gonna have a major impact in tross i hope so yeah he deserves i mean it. he better like he deserves it yeah and you can see like how committed he is and how like he'll do whatever whatever you want him to do he's fins up all in for it so like let him let him do what he wants to do to help i also hope that, I like, he gets to take a nap. that he gets to take a nap I hope Leia gets to take a nap. Oh god, yeah, I really hope she gets I hope everyone gets to take a nap. Just like give us a two minute clip of them all just napping. Yeah, that'd be great. Should we do listener responses? Yeah. Is that why you're not subtly highlighting the not Heath part of the listener responses? Well I was gonna ask are you do you wanna do these or do you want someone else to take them this week? If somebody else could, that'd be great. <laughs> I can do it. I haven't said much because I didn't read the book. I mean, I totally read the book. We all know you didn't. It's okay. Heath. <laughs> okay. Look, someone had to do it. Oh, my name's there now. That's exciting. All right. Our listener response for the last week was, what else does Maz Kanata need to do before joining up with the Resistance? What are the three other things on Maz's to-do list? (laughs) Such a stupid question. (laughs) We needed to answer this, didn't we? I don't think we answered this. I think I did. I think you did, Seth. I'm pretty sure I did. I don't remember what I said, but I know I said something. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Maz needs to go to the eye doctor. Mm-hmm. The optometrist? Yes. And when she gets there, she'll say, I've looked at many eye doctors. <laughs> when you see... I'm, I'm totally blanking on her lines now. Yeah, I've seen multiple eye doctors different in the people. same person. Same people. <laughs> different eye doctors in the same people. What is the line? I don't know. I have lived long enough to see the same eyes in different same people. eye doctors in different people. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> That's on our to do list. To be critical to an eye doctor. That sounds like a mass thing to do, actually, just to write down. Be cryptic at the specific person at the specific time. <laughs> yeah. She's just got a list of people she needs to be cryptic to. That's her yeah. bucket list. There you go. That's. Uh, thank you for workshopping this with me. <laughs> oh, we're always here to workshop, Danny. Yeah, I would say she needs to go to Kashyyyk and find a not married Wookie. That's mm. not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all have a type, as we learned earlier in this episode. Yeah, married. I don't Wookiees. know where I was going with that. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> no, that's all you needed. Yeah, she just needs to find a nice young Wookiee that's not married. There you go. Or an old Wookiee. I'm sure she doesn't care. Or a married Wookiee who is in an ethically non-monogamous relationship. Yes. Yep. Um, the three things that I think Moz needs to do is find the perfectly scented evergreen candle. Oh, yes. That's a good one. Very important because not all of them are the proper evergreen scent. She needs to go try OPC killer sushi. Yes. Yummy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been on her to-do list for a long time. (laughs) Naboo's so far out of the way. It's full of like a bunch of weirdos. Like, we don't really want to do that. But it's worth it for this. Bag? What? Are you just reading things off of your to-do list? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, off of, like, New Year's resolutions 2020, maybe. (laughs) Like, not this week's to-do list. Okay, all right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I already found the perfectly scented evergreen candle. I smelled so many evergreen candles to find it. Oh, congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. And she needs a whole new wardrobe because she's not going to go out and fight the First Order wearing the same things from last season. She's mm-hmm. not She's not going to let Lando be the best-dressed person on the Resistance base. Oh, no, absolutely. never. <laughs> oh, I haven't thought about that yet, actually, but Maz and Lando interaction would be pretty great. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought it would be so bad. Uh, They've be definitely amazing. met before, though, right? Oh, absolutely, oh, yeah. yeah. absolutely have. <laughs> There's no way they haven't. Mm-hmm. All right, Tom says, Maskinata's to-do list, track down the Mandalorian, have him help her forget Chewbacca, then finally, forget Chewbacca from behind. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, Tom, get that. out of here. Oh, my God, Tom. <laughs> Guys, I can't be on Rogue Pod anymore. <laughs> Neither can I. I think we all have to quit now. Wow, Tom, you finally did it. <laughs> Play the long con there. Wait. Wait, wait. I have to go take a hot shower after that one. A hot shower? <laughs> Brian Dayhawk said, Mars has to make some more Baby Yoda eating soup memes before she can join up with the Resistance. Mars is at ease. Are we Maz sure about that, be- though? <laughs> I love the image of Mars making memes, though. Uh, she and totally it's so much it. more wholesome than that last response. You know Maz shitposts. Like, oh, yeah, yeah Maz is the shitposter, absolutely. Maz is the best Twitter account. <laughs> Kathy says, find someone to take care of her rock lizard. Oh, that's very important. You don't want, you don't know when you're going to be back. Make sure your pets are going to be okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Way to go, Maz. Mike says, Maz's checklist. Pull space pirate chip out of mothball. Buy slash steal 12 dozen thermal detonators. Arm people of resistance sympathetic planets. Okay, that's very practical to do with. <laughs> yeah, it is. Which also seems right somehow. Yeah, yeah. X-Wings in History says, one, take those psychedelics she offered Poe. Yeah. Two, massage from a tentacle droid. <laughs> Sign me up for one of those. Sign me up for one of those. Three, get absolutely fucking railed by Alessad. <laughs> what what is that? about this question that's getting us these answers? <laughs> Maz. It's because it's about Maz Kanata. And like, listen, Maz the horniest character in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Ooh. All of it. 
Being horny on Maine today. <laughs> I don't know, but I didn't like that. <laughs> and I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Big mood. <laughs> McClunky says, Jim Tan Laundry. I think that's just there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. McClunky, do your laundry. Oh, shit, I need to do my laundry. <laughs> Seth, are you McClunky? Uh, I could be. Thank, thank you, McClunky, for that reminder. <laughs> General Lear says, one, she's got to catch them all. <laughs> Two, go visit her goddaughter, Yiddle. Three, come up with a third thing because she really does not feel like doing this. <laughs> okay. At least you actually gave us a response that's better than usual. Wow. Oh, Jason says, what? General Leader's been giving responses. Yeah, he's, he's been, been giving responses lately. lately. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing good. He's yeah. been doing good. He was ghosting us for a while there. He was, yeah. Yeah. Jason says she's going to have to return home to take over her father's shoe factory, befriend a drag queen who will inspire her to produce sexy stilettos for men to keep the factory open, <laughs> slash do right by a marginalized group, slash be a great ally, and put in a fashion show in Space Milan to show him off. All right. What is this a reference Is this to? a reference <laughs> It feels like it is. Uh oh, Jason. Extremely specific. This is a very on brand Jason answer, though. Thank you, Jason. I like the idea of space. Also, let us know what it's a reference to. Please do. I really need to know now. Either that or if this is just like you're working on your screenplay. In which case, like, great. Malai says she used to find three ray eggs, two tiny pogs, and a purgle in a space tree. Aww. That that was was beautiful. Thank you, Malai, for that one. Nick says, one, collect underpants, two, question mark, three, profit. Wait, where's the underpants? Around. There's the question mark. That's why it's there. Hmm. Does anyone want to sing this one? Because <laughs> I don't song? know the song. Oh, my God. Is this a song? I don't know. It is a song. It is a song. It's real. Che- it's obviously very cheesy. <laughs> I will just read it then. Heath says, you're like a dream come true. Just want to be with you. No, you have to do the numbers. That's the part. Oh, it's part of the song? You're like a dream come true. Two, just want to be with you. Three, girl, it's plain to see that you're the only one for me. And four, repeat steps. One, two, three, five, make you fall in love with me. And I do not know the rest of the song. (laughs) See, that was just my ploy to get someone else to sing it. I think I did just fall in Thank love with you, though. Oh, I wow. did. Oh. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> listeners, but you're all in love with me now. Yeah, it's the rules. This week. Well, hang wait, on. do we need to give like listening bodies first? I don't know if we can. I'm giving Malai one. Censored listening bodies. Malai is getting a listening body. <laughs> Because that was very cute. Glistening boar gullets. <laughs> yeah. Tom and, and uh, X-Wings in History are glistening boar gullets, but the sensitive parts are blurred out. <laughs> All of the tentacles so are blurred. So the entire boar gullet. <laughs> <laughs> A blurry, blurry boar gullet. <laughs> that's hard to say. Blurry boar gullet. <laughs> that's I'm scared of saying because I don't want to mess it up. It's very blurry. <laughs> it's a good band name. Blurry boar gullets. Yeah, I think Malai gets the the glistening body this week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Also, thank you, Heath, for participating. Thank you, Heath. This week, what did we gently name as kitties? Oh, man. How many kitties are there? Yeah, I don't know. That's up to you. I feel like there's a second part to this question. And, like, in what stories did he tell them? Or, like, no, make up about them? Like, how, how did he go back and save them from Akiva? Yeah. Because mm. he went back for them. There we go. I already have names for them. What are they? BD, DD, and PD. <laughs> oh, <gosh. Okay. laughs> I love you, Saf. Yeah. I never said Wedge was an original man. <laughs> Kitty one, kitty two, kitty four. <laughs> no. He has right, three I... of them. And it's Wiz, Hobby, and Tycho. <laughs> oh my god, that's cute. <laughs> Tycho's the good one. Tycho's yes. like the prize kitty. <laughs> Wiz and Hobby are always like pecking at each other. And Tycho's yeah. just always off always. on the side. The disaster like, kitties. Like, Wiz I cleaned is the one my who corner of the coop. The pen, like... <laughs> How do you get through the fence every time? <laughs> That's a familiar question. Yeah. Yeah. Like to you personally? Yeah. No, to me, to me, to farm animals. <laughs> okay. I was like, uh, <laughs> like that is the thing that they do. Uh, <laughs> what are you escaping from? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Anyways, listeners, <laughs> let's just ignore that. Move, move on to, uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Podron with your answers to this week's question. Our email is roguepodron at gmail.com. Our website is roguepodron.com. You can subscribe to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash roguepodron, and you can get cool things like embroideries from Meg. And I would say photoshops from Heath, but he's busy right now, so not that. Um, and we also have Discord, which is great fun. You can subscribe via the Rogue Podron feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google, and any other of your favorite podcatchers, but not Luminary. I'm watching y'all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rate and review us on iTunes. We have reviews. We have a review. Do we have reviews? Oh, I scrolled down. We have we have a review. Oh, that's so exciting. Five stars from Vuvuzela23. Otherwise known to us as Mika. Mika. Thank you, Mika. Mika, that's such a good name. <laughs> I love Vuvuzelas. Four stars for the host plus one for baby Groot. Oh, this is a oh, show we that split that fifth star. We have to give it to the baby. I mean, yes. the baby doesn't really need that much, does it? A whole say. star, a whole star. That's mm-hmm. a lot. That's not a very well balanced diet for a baby. We'll split it. We'll split the the star into five, and the baby can have a fifth. Yeah, that's good. Or maybe we yeah, can put the star in the freezer and save it for when the baby is older. Oh uh, yeah, that's a cute uh, idea. I like that. Get freezer burn before then. Stars chill in space. They'll be fine. Okay. okay. I just want to be We'll sure. figure something out, I'm sure. <laughs> We're taking this so seriously. Okay. <laughs> this is the show that, for better or worse, has launched me into the Star Wars fandom. Aw. And they don't even like Star Wars all that much. Twenty oh, Rogue Padron is 20% Danny with their love for all things living and growing in the galaxy. Sorry, Far, far away or else. 20% Saf with the much-needed droid representation and surprisingly accurate animal noises. Yay! <laughs> 30% Meg with the best intros of any podcast, her wisdom bombs, and a whole lot of patience for her pod children. Oh. That's for sure. A generous 5% Heath, who is also there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Also, Ash, whose podcast Skyhoppers is equally chaotic, but in a good way. Is it though? 
<laughs> it is. It is. And the last 25% are we, the listeners. This is probably one of the most interactive podcasts to listen to, and the community around this podcast is one of the best in Star Wars fandom. Come and join in on hundreds of inside jokes, weekly competition for the host's favor, and the chance of being awarded a glistening body, the most prestigious trophy in Star Wars fandom. Pash out. Mika! <laughs> Can I give this review five stars? Is yeah. this my favorite <laughs> review to date? It's possible. I'm 30%. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely 30%. It's true. <laughs> I'm so pleased. Oh my gosh. gosh. A generous 5% Heath, who is also there. there. (laughs) The best line written in any iTunes review ever. I like that it applies to Twitter bio. I I really like that (laughs) that it applies for both Heath before he was on paternity leave and also Heath now that he's on paternity leave. 5%, he's also there. Oh, thank you, Mika. Thank you, Mika. We really appreciate it. Also, because apparently this is my hill to die on. Um, this has become my hill to die on. I'm so sorry, Danny. <laughs> all of our all of our listeners that are just called don't care about our audio. So if you care, you have to pay us so you can comment on it and make us care. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Great. So next time. We will be having a very, very special episode, a far, far away reunion, and speaking about T-R-O-S, The Rise of Skywalker. What's that? Oh, thank you. Yeah, you jumped ahead. So until then, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Pash out. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 pew. I really hope my flatmates didn't hear me say something about Mars getting railed hard. This is the one problem with recording in the libraries. I feel like everyone can hear everything I'm saying. About Maz getting railed by a Lasat. Oh <laughs> also, God. Vader being a lesbian, you know. The I mean, ad Vader's for the a... Star Wars show just came up on my Twitter feed, and it's literally Greg Grumberg and Claude. As we all know, behind every great Skywalker is an even better person who is actually doing the hard work to ensure their success. That's what she said. <laughs> Damn it. In the case... <laughs> In the I'm a lesbian. This is a well-known fact among every rebellion New fighter. <laughs> this is a goddamn it. <laughs> I don't know why that was the voice that came to me for Von Mothman. That was amazing. <laughs> I am a lesbian. <laughs> it just felt right. That's great. It was great. I mean, this is like very old Mon Mothman. <laughs> exactly. I was going for like old, tired, like yeah, political old. lesbian. <laughs> why don't we do this kind of stuff more often? I guess because then we have to write it to yeah. actually put work into it. Although, Danny, if I'm going to give some stage directions feedback for a second. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> wait, where was it? There was one moment you like wrote in the you wrote in the dialogue like, ah, remembers slowly. <laughs> <laughs> slowly remembering. Hey, Meg did a good job of that. She did, yeah. She did. But... <laughs> Not all of us are as good as Meg. <laughs> I would have been like. I am slowly remembering. <laughs> I yes, I am slowly remembering this thing. <laughs> slowly remembering. So good. <laughs> what are you all talking about tonight? Uh, Resistance Reborn, which I haven't read, so I'm <laughs> constantly replacing you. Like hate. I said. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I felt like I really need to preserve your memory. <laughs> but he's not dead. <laughs> Ooh, this is the ghost of Rogue Pod present. <laughs> know me better, man. Oh my god, a Rogue Pod Carol. We should write it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You've got That's plenty not- of spare time on your hands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not busy at all. I've got, and I'm I'm sleeping well, and <laughs> got those creative juices all flowing. Definitely at full capacity for things right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I love that idea, so maybe I'll work on it. 